1877, the earth moved with the power of a footballing giant. And the world was introduced to the beautiful game. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Blasting the shot. What a goal! Bully's the hero again. And a podcast is following the giant in its bid for glory at the top of what it created all those years ago. This is the 77 Club. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperice.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hello and welcome to episode 52 of the 77 Club. Your pundits this week are Harry Mansell. Hello everyone. Dan Bayliss. Evening. And Jack Williams. Hello everybody. Harry, just give the socials a rundown to begin with. Yeah, so it's uh, at 77 Club Podcast on Twitter, the Wolf 77 Club on Facebook and Instagram. And to find us on the podcast is Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, and just give us a rate, please. Cheers. And lots of plans as well going on for the YouTube channel, Harry. Do you want to give that a little bit of a plug as well? Yeah, yeah, just um, search 77 Club on YouTube and it should pop up. Uh, please subscribe and, yeah, we're looking to do things, aren't we? So that should be good. Perfect. Okay, so off the, well, another international break, which seems to just come around way too quickly for my liking anyway. Uh, but a good win against Croatia for England. They can do it. It was sort of uh, a Jackie shrugging his shoulders saying, who cares? Didn't watch it, don't I? <laughs> Excellent. Well, apparently it means that we've qualified for some sort of semi-final in Portugal next year. So class. That's that's got to be good news, hasn't it? Yeah, definitely. I think it was good that they uh, the the England of a few years ago probably wouldn't have come back from a goal down, would they? So there is some positives to take. I didn't see it, but I heard it was good. Bayless, yeah. it shouldn't be too bad, should it? Fifth uh, of June is the first semi-final, and the final is on the 9th of June. Should we book some flights? No. I have no idea what this competition is and it's UEFA making up things to try and make some more cash I, I enjoyed the World Cup it was great but um, this thing's a joke of farce I'm not watching it so you won't like watch it at Hyde Park next year and pour Carling over everybody if we get to the Euros or the World Cups then yeah I'll enjoy it but this is a Mickey Mouse competition no one's put a decent team out yet now, Nations League aside I saw an article today that was sort of saying along the lines of uh, England's 
could win Euro 2020. I'll open it up to you first, Harry. Do you think that's a possibility or is that a tournament too early? I think it's a possibility, but I don't think we will. I think, obviously, the World Cup was amazing, but when you take your rose-tinted glasses off and look at it, we had a really lucky run. But the improvement was for England is that we didn't bottle it for once whereas I obviously went out to Iceland in the last Euros and we beat the teams we expected to beat the World Cup so no I think our big chance was the World Cup and I think as soon as we come up against a good team again in the Euros we'll be out It was surprising wasn't it with Russia and the really crazy thing was to lose three games at a tournament and still finish fourth is shows you just just like Harry said really when you come up against somebody good and, and the difference in the golfing class because playing your Columbias and stuff. Uh, but Bayless, you're going to bring in on that point? Yeah, I think there's a bit of a sort of cycle of European football coming back around again. The Dutch now look strong again after being poor for a few years. The Germans are going to rebuild and go again after a disastrous World Cup. There's still Portugal who are dodgy but have moments of brilliance. And then France are fantastic. So I still think even when we get to the European Cup, not to be overly pessimistic, but I think there are much better teams than us. You know, we've beaten... Panama, Colombia and Tunisia. We haven't uh, we haven't claimed a scalp yet in a proper competition, so we, we can't be overly optimistic. Have we had this conversation before as well where potentially the Euros is a harder competition to win? Yeah, I mean, they're and it up, is. They're, mm. they're putting up the number of teams in it this time, which might, you know, might be able to get an easy run like we did at the World Cup, but, you know, the European teams, there's, there's loads of really decent sides, really, particularly historically, so, it, you know, it's just as hard, if not, uh, you know, harder than a World Cup. It is a harder cup. It is a harder competition to win, I think, because you can get knocked out in your group a lot easier. You haven't got made up a stan or... Yeah, it's true. You know... Out of, out of Mongolia or something in your group where you Lego get Lego Land exactly yeah more we've got Mordor first up I suppose for there not being a Brazil Uruguay Argentina Chile Costa Rica or it could go on there's a Holland and Italy France no I mean people that didn't qualify. Oh yeah, oh, that's yeah. a good point. Actually, I completely yeah. forgot about them. I completely forgot they didn't qualify. We're not just naming European yeah. countries, Harry. Yeah. Be here all day. <laughs> Look, I was there. I thought you were trying to think of like good European teams. I'm like oh. Norway, <laughs> Greenland. Oh dear, brilliant. So we don't think 2020 is an option. I think that's th- that crop of players will probably be in their prime, and you'll be looking at 2020 as what probably how we were looking at 2006 Bayliss nothing better than your chance to go and perform is in 48 degree heat in a desert yeah <laughs> crack on lads best <laughs> to of luck you got, you got Qatar two years after I suppose isn't it that's, that's the, the one that's, what, that's, that's what I was on the, the one yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> obviously 20, 2020 is the Euros I, Qatar is, sorry, is, is sorry. not in Europe I did uh, sorry uh, when you said the one after I just yeah. instantly jumped to the World Cup I think the thing is the uh, the issue with the winter break and all that rubbish as well so do you, do you think FIFA and UEFA just try as hard as they can to ruin football I think they've historically done it very well since about 1974 to be fair to them at least they've tried something different with this uh, Nations League so they've given World Cups to whoever's bribed them the most we're playing one in the desert in the middle of a football season that no one wanted to do it's completely bent and corrupt but we all love it don't we so we love it I love the football when when you get a good game fantastic but I think what FIFA are doing is an absolute travesty I'll have a lot more interest when we get a Wolves play gets called up absolutely yeah I mean I'm sure we'll be taking a little bit of a look at the Nations League next year just because it's being held in Portugal okay we'll move on now to the next game in the Premier League it just seems about six years ago that we were last playing Premier League football obviously only two weeks ago next up is Huddersfield at home and it's annoyingly that Sunday four o'clock kickoff which we're all thrilled about 
Uh, your away perspective comes from Mel Booth at the Huddersfield Examiner. The away perspective. What have our opponents got to say? And Mel, thanks for coming on. No problem at all. Now, Huddersfield have actually been away in Spain, haven't they, for some warm weather training? Yes, they have. They've been uh, over in Marbella. Um, it's something that they've done for the last few years, actually. And um, it just sort of gives them a change of scenery during the international break. Obviously, they've had six players on international duty, so they've not been with them. Uh, but they're due to link back up again uh, towards the end of the week in, in readiness for the Wolves game. Uh, but, yeah, the, the, the training camp over there has worked. Um, David Wagner certainly feels it's worked well for them over the last uh, the last few years and uh, so he's he's keen to keep that going and uh, they've been doing a lot of work and it sounds like it's been quite intense How much are we looking forward to this game because I think at the beginning of the season a lot of people sort of maybe saw it as a fight for mid-table almost Yes, I mean Obviously, town are down towards the bottom of the table. Wolves have made a really good start. It's all, it, they've almost mirrored Wolves what Huddersfield Town did last season. Uh, town got off to a bit of a flyer, and obviously it served them well in the long run. Uh, this year, it's been much much more difficult for Town. Uh, you know, they started off against Chelsea and then Manchester City, uh, so that was always going to be difficult. Then they slipped up at home um, to Cardiff, uh, got a good point away at Everton, uh, and then slipped up again at home. Uh, but the performances have not been as bad as the results might suggest for town. So I think there's always been that air of optimism among the fans uh, that things would turn around. And obviously in the last couple of games, they've picked up four points against Fulham and West Ham. Uh, and that's only sort of added to the air of optimism that town might actually be able to drag themselves out of, out of trouble. It was important, I think, uh, for them to stay in touch with a number of clubs above them and just outside the relegation zone. And they've managed to do that. They're still within striking distance of half a dozen clubs. So, um, you know, they're in there. They're not cut off. Uh, and then they're looking, you know, they're looking at this run of, of, of games up to, up to Christmas to maybe get themselves out of the bottom out of the bottom three, uh, but realising obviously that Wolves have not been playing badly themselves. We were talking before we started recording here was that it's it's always difficult to sort of pick a starting eleven. Do you expect it to be the same from the side that drew with West Ham last time out? It can't be actually because um, Matthias Jorgensen, the Danish international uh, who everyone knows as Zanka, um, he is suspended for the Wolves game. Uh, so he won't be involved. So there's got to be a change in, in central defence. And Chris Lerver, uh, the German left-back, who's been playing extremely well this season, he uh, was forced off with an, a shoulder ligament injury in the West Ham game, uh, was replaced by Eric Derm, his, his fellow countryman, the German World Cup winner. And um, so Chris Lerver is ruled out for the next few weeks as well. So David Wagner's got to make a couple of... Uh, changes at the back. It's always difficult to to work out exactly what he's got to, going to do because he does have the option of playing five at the back, or or he could go to a flat back four. The bonus for him is that Terence Congolo is now fully fit again um, and has played in the last couple of games. Uh, he was out with quite a, a bad hamstring injury suffered against Spurs, so and that was at the end of September. So he like missed a month. Uh, but he's now back, so he can play alongside Christopher Schindler at the heart of defence in, in a four, or they could draft in an extra 
uh, player. They've got a few options. Uh, John Goran Stankovic, uh, Tommy Smith is there. Eric Derm, as I've mentioned, I would expect him to start in whatever formation they play. Uh, so there are a few things to ponder for David Wagner as, as he looks towards the Wolves game. And uh, man to watch out for is probably Philip Billing in that. Yeah, Philip Billings had an excellent season. He's really grown up as a as a footballer. He's now much better um, when Town haven't got the ball um, than he used to be, uh, and he's 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 been drilled. He's got that responsibility uh, in midfield. His passing and his vision have never been in question. He's he's always had that talent. His long throw has been a factor this season as well. He's able to launch the ball into the box um, from from any sort of given area. It's as good as a set piece, really. And Town have got big men in there. Um, Schindler sometimes goes up for them for the flick-ons. They've obviously got Steve Mounier, who's really looking to benefit uh, from them, so his, his throwings have proved a big factor for town this season as well. But Billing, yes, yeah, certainly has been the most improved player probably in the squad. Obviously, Aaron Moy makes things tick as well, although he's playing with Australia um, at the moment over in Australia, so he's got to fly back uh, and get himself ready for the game as well. Uh, but the regular sort of midfield three of Hogg, Billing, and Moy, I would expect will will figure down at, at, uh, at Wolves. And uh, score prediction, Mel? I am going to go for a score draw. I don't know whether it'll be one each or 2-2, two, two, but I'm going to go for a score draw. Perfect. Thanks for your time, Mel. No problem at all. Thanks very much. The Away Perspective. What have our opponents got to say? Well, this is one of the weird Away Perspectives because we're actually talking about changes that we know are going to have to be made, especially a left wing back. Right wing back is a, a little bit more of a, a contentious subject at the moment because we're not quite sure. Uh, obviously, Matt Doherty had a knock with Ireland, didn't play any of Ireland's games and is is, a, is only a doubt at this stage. So we'll start at left wing back. Harry, who comes in for you for Johnny? Is it Ruben Vinagre? Is it Dendonka? It's obviously Vinagre, isn't it? I don't think Dendonka plays left wing back, so... Um, Vanagra's got to be he's shown he's capable and um, it's just a right wing back well and obviously we're worried about hopefully he can uh, be fit for it but we knew this would come didn't we we said we've got to get like last year we were very very lucky of injuries and uh, we were hoping that we could last to at least January but unfortunately the injuries have kicked in and we've got to cope with it now haven't we and show that we can cope with the squad we've got Chat for you uh, yeah exactly the same if anything it's probably one of the positions at the moment we've probably got the best amount of covering we've said it before on this podcast and I've praised Vanagra a lot but when he's come on uh, these season, this, the times he's come on this season I think he's done absolutely nothing wrong and you know if anything was if uh, at certain times pushing Johnny for a starting place anyway so uh, I've got lots of faith in him despite his young years I think he'll come in and slot in perfectly and on Doherty I, I assume I think I've got a feeling Doherty will probably be back to be honest wasn't it just a, a skull injury he got or like an impact injury I'm not yeah, sure yeah it's his cheek I think his cheek so so hopefully you know even if he has to wear a mask he should be fine <laughs> Bayless yeah touching on what you said I agree Vinagra is a very good player and you know worthy of having a go and getting his chance now Johnny's picked up a bit of a knock but it is a bit of a cause of concern for us because Huddersfield do try and play proper football and it slightly exposes us especially when we're at home where we play in our sort of free-flowing attacking football wing-backs getting forward as long as Vinagra is completely happy in the role that Nuno gives him where he's going to have to get back and going to have to go after his man I would just be very worried of Huddersfield attacking down the right and trying to get around the back of us that would be the one big one for Sunday to look out for 
Jack, would you make any other changes for this tie? Uh, no, I don't think don't think you can really. If only the ones that are forced upon you, you keep everything pretty pretty similar. Again, you know, it's just, we sound like a broken record, but you've got to look at the areas where you'd say you could you potentially change the wingers. I don't think Gibbs White, despite the fact he's again has done nothing wrong, will will displace uh, Matidio or Neves anytime soon. Still, so it's just a case of, of who you play up on the wings out of Cav, Costa, and Jota. Really, in terms of Huddersfield. Like uh, Bayliss mentioned, then they try to play football. They're sort of down there at the moment, as as Mel said in the away perspectives. Seven points from opening twelve games, but they are beating the teams around them at the moment, which is what you need to do, especially if you're looking at survival. Beating Fulham and uh, drawing at West Ham as well, who are sort of down near near the bottom as well. Um, so, just first of all, what what do you expect from Huddersfield, Harry? What, what in terms of we we say they play good football. I mean, it's ju- not just that, is it? They've got a charismatic coach as well. Yeah, uh, obviously he's Klopp's mate, isn't he? But I think they would just take, they'd take a point, wouldn't they? I know they got a good draw last time out. So hopefully for us, in our favour, they don't come and sit back. Uh, hopefully they do come at us. Cause I think that'll favour us, and I think we'll do them over easy. I mean, when you think of Huddersfield, myself personally, their squad. You you could ask a lot of people, and you you could hardly name any of their players. The only two that stick out for me is that um, Aaron Moy in midfield, the bold chap. He's good on the ball, and Alex Pritchard. But apart from that, they've got a lot of their squad from like the uh, like the last few years, and. They're just, I think they're going to struggle to stay up, to be honest. So, like we've said, the old cliche, you've got to be beating teams like this at home. And uh, I think we will, but they just hope they don't stink the place out and defend for their lives and try and get a point. No, I think you're right with that, Harry, because it's going to be a really good test for us with our style of football. Huddersfield have only scored six the entire season, which is the lowest in the league. They've conceded 22, which is second or third second that's or third just, that's highest. terrible isn't it that's terrible which oh, is yeah. terrible <laughs> like, it's not great, yeah. but that clearly shows that they're going to sit up and do you know they are going to sit for a draw they only scored six they don't concede as many as some of the others around them or they're pretty close to the ones down the bottom how do we go about playing our quality style of football where we go and not just score one but try and score two or three which fair enough I might be getting ahead of myself but it really shows our quality if we can go and put two or three past a team that come for the draw in terms yeah. of form in the bottom six, Huddersfield have the second best form after Cardiff when you look at last five games, which is a draw, loss, loss, win, draw. So it's not too bad. They're actually going in search of a third game unbeaten, Jack. Yeah, but straight away, uh, when you look at the bottom of the table, when I look at... Uh, when we look at the teams, so let's say Fulham, Huddersfield and Cardiff, I already think that those three are going to be absolutely scrapping for their lives and everything around them. So going to a couple of games unbeaten when you're down the bottom is, is really good. But the way we've been playing, although I know people will look on paper now and say, oh, well, you know, Wolves' form has really dipped. It's really dipped, but the performances have still been good. Brighton was a good performance, even though it just it just wasn't our day, didn't go to plan. Spurs, obviously, we gave them a really good run for their money and then got a, a well-deserved point, which arguably should have been three against Arsenal. So... Although it looks like our form has dipped, I, the performances are still there. And I can't see anything other than three points three points on Sunday, to be honest with you. We dispatched to uh, Burnley and to Southampton at home in similar sort of games. And I think arguably Huddersfield are a much worse team than those two. The one that disappointed us was the home game against Watford, obviously. But but um, from what I've seen so far this season, Huddersfield are nowhere near Watford. Harry? Yeah, I just hope... Um... 
I want to see Costa play like he did against Arsenal. I, I want him to show a bit of consistency and not just go missing. I want to see Cavaliero playing like he did. And if the front three can play like he did away at Arsenal, we should destroy them, to, to be honest. I mean, it was so refreshing to see Costa running at people again. And um, mm. obviously, I think it will be the same team, the same uh, lineup, apart from the obvious uh, changes. So, yeah, let's just um, hopefully put our chance away because that's the one thing we did do with Cavaliero's chance is put the chance away. But then obviously, second half, it didn't happen. So, we just got to keep trying to improve. And keep trying to be clinical, and hopefully, uh, Jimenez can get a goal as well because I think he's due one. He is due one, isn't he? From open play, yeah. yeah. What we really don't want to happen, though, is they score early on, and then, like the guys have said, then they just shut up shop, like we used to do under McCarthy if we went one up away from home. Mm. Because we have seen already this season we struggle to take break teams down, and last season actually when they come and put. 10, 11 men behind the ball. So that's the worry about it. We need to do our usual thing where we come out the blocks really well, but just make sure we don't let one in on the break or from a set piece or something early on because that could could affect us. Yeah, I almost agree with what you're saying where it's going to be an early part of the game that sort of dictates it, Jack. I, I And I'm happy to eat my words because I do quite often. I genuinely think the first 20 minutes are going to decide what happens Sunday. If it's nil-nil, it'll be a one-nil one either way. If we go up, we'll take advantage and, and beat them. If they go 1-0 up, they'll shut up shop and probably retain it. There's my colours on the wall, you know, colours to the mask, that's what I think. I just hope as well, because taking into consideration it's Sunday at four o'clock, I hope that Molyneux's rocking because it's quite hard on it to get going on a, on a Sunday late game. And if it's a game that all the fans think we're going to win, I mean, hopefully the atmosphere is not sombre and uh, the South Bank are rocking and that and we get behind them. And like we've said, we keep saying it and a lot of people are saying it, we are due to spank someone. So if we do get that early goal in the first 20 minutes, we've, we, we could absolutely tear these apart. Yeah, that's true. I mean, even when we came up under McCarthy, we still had like four nil victories yeah. on occasion and stuff. So, and we're a much better team team than now. But looking at these two games, and you've, you're playing Huddersfield this week, and then you're Cardiff next week. Arguably, Cardiff have had some decent wins, but they've had de- decent wins against poor opposition. Let's say so. We need to be taking at least four points from these next two games if we still got top half aspirations. I think, mm. and that, that's that's at least we should we should be aiming for six. So what annoys me about these Sunday four o'clock kickoff games is then we're going then going to play again on a Friday night. So yeah, the, the recovery time compared to everybody else isn't going to be the same. You know, playing Saturday Saturday, you know, it's a full week between games, but then you're playing a, a Sunday Friday. It's almost sort of uh, European territory. We've said it before on previous co- podcasts, Sam. As long as Sky Sports get what they want, doesn't matter. <laughs> and I'm not going to swear. I'm not going to swear, but. You can beat me because they do not give a flying beep about the fans, do they? That's what it is. No, no. It, it, it's just strange, isn't it? Because the, the Huddersfield game isn't even on TV and it's a four o'clock. It yeah. is on Sky. It is. It is. Oh, it's, yeah. on it's, it's on Sky. It's on Sky. Four o'clock. Yeah. In that case, I take it all back. <laughs> Sam's not going now. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. We'll move on then to a score prediction. Start with you, Harry. What are you going to go for? I'm going my classic four-one walls. Jack? I'm going to go with a 3-0 Wolves victory. And Bayliss? 1-0 Wolves. Just edging it. Interesting, OK? Well, that lead us nicely on to your latest betting odds and ticket news. Hi, I'm Cali, Chris Kamara. You're listening to the 77 Club, and it's unbelievable, Jeff. Yes, uh, so it does lead us nicely into the betting odds, and I'm going to go straight on with my prediction. It's a 1-0 Wolves win and a Raul Jimenez to get it pronunciation 20 to 1 with our partners over at Fans Bet Ooh. decent price there for a 1-0 win and a striker to get the goal really good price 
another couple of absolute crackers on the Wolves win a 2-1 Wolves Ruben Neves any time 37-1 lovely absolute cracking odds. cheeky free kick yeah any time can get either of them the other one I looked at just because of the strike against Arsenal is a 3-0 Wolves win like what Jack said Morgan Gibbs-White to get any of the three 40-1 absolute whoppers this week and if you want to stick away from the scorecast if you think there are going to be plenty of goals that's a Wolves win and over two and a half goals in the match that's 2-1 to so there's plenty of value if it's going to be a high scoring game if you think we're going to get that early goal and and go on and do it give a Harry 4-1 performance it's uh, 2-1 to Perfect. And uh, from whoppers to not so whoppers, here's Jack with your ticket news. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, the Huddersfield game on Sunday. I did, officially, it's sold out, but I did have a look online. There's a couple of single seats knocking around, which people have probably returned. So, if you you might be able to get, get on there and get down there if you are planning on trying to get in on Sunday to watch the boys rather than watch it on Sky with Sam. <laughs> The Cardiff away game, the Friday night game, 30th of November, uh, that's a sellout. I wonder how many penalties they'll get given that night. Probably quite a few. Um, the Chelsea uh, midweek game, the 6th of December, that is also sold out, unsurprisingly, that home game. The Newcastle game on the 9th of December, there's around five to 600 left for that as it stands, working its way down the loyalty point totals as we speak. And a lot further ahead now to uh, a Bournemouth home game, 15th of December. That is a 3pm Saturday. Interestingly for that one, one of the rare occasions this season where the away fans are actually in the quadrant. So there's good availability in the steeple lower tier for the home fans there. That is currently on sale to people with 130 loyalty points as of today, which is Tuesday, and then works its way down in increments of 10 until 30 loyalty points on Saturday. General sale as of the 26th of November, which is next Monday. And that's it. Uh, we'll move on now to your five-a-side dream team. Hi, I'm Steve Ball, and you're listening to the 77 Club. So the man at the moment that's probably been on the uh, keyboards of lots of Wolves fans recently is Barry Douglas. Re- wait, wait. And recently he has said that Ruben Neves would make his all-time dream five-a-side team. So he's left out the likes of Messi and Ronaldo and people like that. He's actually put um, Schneider, Wesley Schneider in there as well. He played for Galatasaray for five years and that's a problem because he plays for Leeds because they played each other when Leeds were a big club. So we'll uh, <laughs> look at who exactly you would have in your dream five-a-side team. So I think if, if I put you on the spot, you could probably oh, think of no. people. Well, only Wolves players but or any? No, 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 anybody. Yeah. Mine's easy. I can actually reel my five off now. Okay, we'll go for it. That that, that would be great for this exercise. Great. Number number one is Gary Breen. (laughs) (laughs) Number two is Gary Breen. (laughs) Very good. Who's number 11, Jack? Uh, Stephen Ward. Of course it is, yeah. Very good. Uh, Harry, your dream five-a-side team. Like, ever? Can we have retired players and everything? I'll let you have retired players if you want them, yeah. Okay, so goalkeeper. I'd go with Oliver... I don't know if I pronounced this right. Remember Kahn, the big German? Oliver Kahn. Loved yeah, him. Shout. Thought he was brilliant. So five aside. So I'd have two defenders. I'd have Roberto Carlos. And Gary Breen. And yes, Gary Breen. No, I'd have Roberto Carlos and Neil Collins. No, I'd have a... <laughs> probably have like... I'd probably go like someone like Big JT. I don't know why. I just couldn't think of anyone else. Midfield, I'd go with Ronaldinho. Oh, yeah. And he's got to be like Messi, hasn't it? Messi and up front I'd go with the old fat Ronaldo because I just loved him the old fat Ronaldo so 2002 yeah. Ronaldo the brilliant Ronaldo yeah well they're both good but he was just some unreal in his day Bayless mine's all out attack it's, uh, Gordon Banks in goal and then 
a midfield holding three of Vieira in the middle, Ronaldo and Georgie Best with the flair, Stevie Bull up front, just stick it in the net. <laughs> I think that's fair. I would probably go for Buffon in goal. I put I wrote Buffon down as well, seriously. I just oh, yeah. um, realised I picked six players. Good five aside team. I've got a sub and yes, rolling subs. Definitely win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Buffon in goal. I like Roberto Carlos just for his set pieces. Cafu. Ooh. Uh, it's two left, isn't it? I do. I just love Cristiano Ronaldo. I think he's just a great, great player. And that, what a six pack. <laughs> uh, so, go, got to go with Cristiano Ronaldo. And actually, in his day, so maybe around the 2007 Kaka. Oh, yeah, he was class. Yeah, yeah. he was decent, I mean, wasn't he? Decent. Probably be the five for me. I know this is really stupid and people won't agree with this, but I'm, I'm like thinking five aside, like you need a bit of trickery. Like, like a, a prime Joe Cole. It's topical because he's just, he just uh, retired. He'd get so injured though, wouldn't quality. he? Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> I reckon it'd be really fun just to quickly reel it off. Uh, your ultimate Wolves five aside team. We'll start with Jack then in that case. Yeah, go on. <laughs> Do it, do Number it. one is I'll Gary Bruce. <laughs> <Don't do it, Gary. laughs> oh, in terms of my lifetime, you've got to put probably Matt Murray in goal. Um, yeah, definitely Murray in his prime in goal. Yeah. You don't have to kick um, in five aside, so you should be right. <laughs> I'm going to do this my generation, so the players that I like. Yeah. Jody Craddock at the back. Yeah. Um, someone in the middle, probably Paul Ince. And then you need a bit of a flare, flare in an attack. So uh, Kevin Doyle to hold it up and then phew, someone to put it in. Yeah, 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 yeah Steve Ball, <laughs> probably. <laughs> Not Harry? Yeah. I'd go with, my favourite keeper was probably Mickey Stowell. I used to love him as a kid. Yeah. Uh, at the back, I'd go with, I loved Craddock, so I'd have Craddock. I'd have midfield... I loved Alex Ray so I'd have Alex Ray I'm just going with people I love not who's best um, I'd stick another midfielder in there oh I'd go this is quite hard actually this one mm. I'll go recent and just to throw it out I'll go Kevin McDonald and then up front my favourite player when I was a kid I used to love him I used to think I was him when I was going on the park Robbie Keane that's Robbie a good Keane. I forgot yeah, about Keane, Keane actually course, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bayliss yeah I'm going to do I've had many hours with my old man and my uncle talking about how much better the old Wolves players were than the days when we were growing up maybe not now but sort of 10 years ago coming forward so I'm going to go with what they would probably have said and I'm probably going to get murdered now next week when I go home uh, Burt Williams the catting goal Peter Knowles Derek Dugan Dave Wagstaff could uh, knock the top off an egg and Stevie Ball <laughs> just to reiterate I, I weren't counting like Nuno's era because I don't want people to shout at us so we ain't put yeah, the yeah, on yeah, I, or anyone. Just... I didn't even think of that I, it seems a little bit obvious, doesn't it? Yeah, really? to yeah. Cause it, cause can, they I, are just, can I just say, we've, we know that we get quite a few listeners that are slightly older than us uh, us four chaps. And the, the five I've named, if I've missed anyone obvious, do uh, do send can your thoughts in. Do send a pigeon. Do send a pigeon. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say, yeah, Matt Murray's probably a good shout. And I don't think you can really argue with Craddock. I really like Jackie McNamara. He was good. He was good. In the middle, you've got to go, yeah, I think Paul Ince is, is a great shout. I can't believe no one said Dennis Irwin. Oh, yeah. I um, forgot. So, pretty go, yeah, Dennis Irwin at the back with Jody Craddock, Matt Murray in goal, loved Kevin Doyle, and did I say Paul Ince? We'll go yeah. Paul Ince. Now let's open it up <laughs> to your worst... Five aside. Oh, this is good. Of worst players 
Jack. You've got to give us some thinking time here. I've got, I, I can reel a goalkeeper off straight away. Stefan Posma. Posma. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, the one that springs to my mind was that one we had on loan from Arsenal, Martinez. I didn't think he was yeah. very good at all. The Argentine, yeah, he was. Emiliano Martinez. Yeah, that's what be my yeah. goalkeeper. Sure, I might as well the rest of my team off now, I know. What about Jan Butts? Oh, don't even, I can't even remember him playing. <laughs> <laughs> we, we've had some absolute stinkers. Yeah. <laughs> Two of no, Silas and Thomas Frankowski. Oh, Frankowski was classic. Silas, do you remember... Missing piece of jigsaw. Do you remember Silas like, had, a, had a brilliant first game in a friendly and we thought, bloody hell, we got a player here and then did absolutely nothing. Do you know what? The defender that springs to mind for me, he weren't too bad. He tried his hardest, bless him, but he, was tw- he retired at like 26, but he looked about 70. It was Mark Clyde. Remember Mark Clyde? Oh, yes. Oh, my life. I remember he played right back the once yeah he did yeah he like retired come back out of retirement for them but I remember he played right back the once and he ran down the line and he nearly needed a hip replacement like when he got to the byline (laughs) (laughs) we've had some crap we have had some real dross just so Jack I'll I'll open it up to you if you're ready for it otherwise I could just list off some crap Van Damme he went too bad he, he, was, he, really scored. Good he scored away he at scored Fulham, scored against yeah. Fulham yeah. Yeah. he scored he wasn't terrible I'm trying to think of uh, Stefan a good roundhouse kick too as well <laughs> Steph- Stefan Meyerhofer yeah okay that's uh, <laughs> he, he scored as well though he scored against Blackburn, Blackburn didn't he? Away, he lost yeah. five is that the bloke that was six foot seven and couldn't head a ball yeah that's, that's, that's the one yeah missing piece of jigsaw go on Jack start with your your worst of my verse 11 bloody hell this is we're dragging this out (laughs) five aside (laughs) it's a slow news week alright five aside (laughs) oh I don't know Uh, you could easily make an 11 though oh yeah definitely definitely yeah go on Harry I'll go with with that Martinez who I mentioned the goalkeeper yeah I'll go with Mark Clyde Uh, controversially do you know what I'm going to put Roger Johnson in there just because I'm bad he was against (laughs) Albion that one game we lost 5-1 um I'll go with one midfielder, the worst midfielder. Oh, then see now I'm stuck. Okay, I'll have a, I'll have Frankowski as a striker because he was uh, embarrassing with his missing. Do you know what? In terms of injuries and how long he lasted, Darren Anderson. Yeah, there we go. I'll, I'll have that. I'll take that off. Yeah, I mean, I'll have that yeah but on his day, he was. Oh, clearly a class act. Ten years before we had him. You know, a bit like Paul Ince, really. I can remember him starting games at Molyneux on a Tuesday night. He lasted about 12 minutes. <laughs> His knee had frozen. Bailey, who's in yours? Uh, we've pretty much gone over all the absolute shockers, haven't we? I, 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 no, I reckon that there'd be no, lots there probably are loads more. I genuinely think when Hoddle was in charge, it was like the Mike Bassett sketch where he was watching the video of someone going, oh, they're good goals. <laughs> it was actually the keeper he was buying. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jamal Johnson. Oh, oh, Jamal. God, he had scored an absolute screamer against Leeds, didn't he? Frank, Sunderland it Frank, was, wasn't it? Frank Nubler. Thought he was God's yes, gift of football. Absolute garbage. Frank Nubler was terrible. Oh, the yeah. old clack. Clack attack when he used to score and he had clack Classic, on his top. Yeah. Oh, That's a, it was a young, really young lad from... Um, Arsenal that was lethal Bizzle's mate Frimpong yeah he thought he was God's gift I thought, I he, thought was about, he was good he was good I thought you were about injured yeah, yeah. I, I air then I thought you were about oh god here's another one yeah. throw him in Jesus <laughs> Christ sure Zeli Ishmael Ballon d'Or yeah, the first really, hundred million pound player <laughs> okay well that was quite fun so um, we'll move on now to 
Harry's funny story. Harry's <laughs> funny story. Again, this week, we just got to go on with to get me out of here again, haven't we? It's uh, becoming a recurring theme, but Harry Redknapp, I know Bayliss is a massive fan. Have you, did you watch it as well, Sam? He's great. I love did, it. Oh, he's come across so well, because I thought he'd be a bit of an idiot, but his stories... He's done two already that are just yeah. <laughs> absolutely superb. <laughs> His story about Beatrix, the prin- princess, and he didn't know who she was. It was it, oh, that was unbelievable. He said, he said, he said, oh, uh, oh, my my grandmother loves horses. She had a winner last year at Ascot. He's like, oh yeah, cheers, love, thanks, thanks. <laughs> it's the queen. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> oh bloody hell, Nico. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but he's got a win, hasn't he? He started off so well. I thought he would do well because Jimmy Bullard did well, sort of like Cockney geezer footballer. Obviously, yeah. lots of funny stories to tell. He, he did well when he was in there. So I thought, yeah. It, the only thing that concerns me about Harry is that when he actually gets a little bit hungry, he's like <laughs> the one. So <laughs> apparently, he's the highest ever paid person, isn't he? I said that today. Was it half a million pound? Apparently, yeah. Or maybe, but yeah, something. Like and he'll know exactly what to do to avoid all the tax on it. <laughs> exactly, yeah, it's getting going straight to his dog. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> Harry allegedly. Actually, Harry, your funny story should also be um, what Jack did. <laughs> oh, no. Let's not get into this. <laughs> okay. Well, if you want to know what Jack did at the weekend... Then come to the moon and to the pool at about midday on Sunday. Yeah, and we'll, we'll take Otherwise, we'll move on to the 77 Club Quiz. Magic mirror on the wall. Who's got the smallest of them all? Is it big enough to impress the ladies, or will they feel intimidated by the bloke at the urinals? His is massive, apparently. We're talking about IQs. Get your heads out of the gutter, filthy animals. It's time for the 77 Club Quiz. I will now pass over to your quiz master, Jack Williams. Hello. So quite strangely, actually, I did this quiz very quickly um, um, because we're recording a day earlier than we do usually, and uh, I forgot it was my turn. So basically, in front of me, I've got a list of uh, 15 former Wolves players, and all of these players have scored at least one league goal for Wolves. Now, I've divided them up, so each person gets a player from a specific season. So all three of you answer a question from, from the same season. I'm going to give you the initials of the player, and you have to tell me who the player was. They start off really easy, so they actually start off with this season, and then we go back through different seasons where I'll give you initials of players who scored a league goal for Wolves. You just need to tell me who the player was. That makes Simple. sense, mate. Yeah. Just- and strangely, strangely enough, a couple of them have actually already come up. <laughs> In this, wow. in this oh, episode, chat, based, yeah. uh, based on what we were talking about. So the order that you guys choose here is quite important. Okay. Uh, this, is, this, is my, this is like, I am terrible at going back in time and thinking about past games. So I'll just go wherever you want me to go. I'm Hang on a minute. So it. the guy that says he spends a lot of hours talking about what football used to be like when Wolves played. In 1972? Yeah. All right. Well, that's back in time, isn't it? Uh, Bayliss, you can go first because that'll be the easiest one technically, won't it? Yeah. Harry, you go second. I'll go third. Okay. And they start off easily with the um, 18-19 season. So the current season, all of these three players have scored a goal for Wolves so far this season. And if any of you uh, don't get your answer <laughs> right in this round, you're off the podcast. <laughs> I think that's it's fair. Enough. fair. Okay. Bugger. So Bayliss, you have the initials <laughs> IC. Oh, Bayliss, come on. This is just the sort of thing I'm just... God, oh, no. Yeah, I thought he was joking. <laughs> Bayless, Bayless, come on, mate! You, Seriously, you, you better be joking. No, honestly, I just I'm just come really, on. really bad at this sort of thing. 
Oh, Ivan Cavallero. Oh, my hey. God. Oh, my God. It's going to be a long round for you, my, my, mate. I need lost my breath there. Sorry, I'm just awful at this sort of thing. Bloody hell. Harry, you have J.M. Oh, God. It's Jess Moxie. Jess Moxie, Harry. <laughs> J-, J or J or GM? J, J, for, J for Jack. See, I got that one straight away. That's weird. It's not, it's not, it's not actually for Jack. Hold on, I'm actually struggling. <laughs> I'm actually struggling. <laughs> oh, this is terrible. Hold on. Oh, Jao Martinio. God. Hey. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I had G in my head. G. Oh, oh wow. Um, uh, Sam, hopefully you'll get this one quicker than the other two. A-T. We should do it. Oh, I got it. That's weird because I got that myself. straight away. I've only just got that myself. Adama. Traore Oh god Thank Four. god for that We'd have had to just Stop the podcast If we'd honestly got him right. <laughs> Yeah I was going to say We just scraped through That one So Your next season Is the 2015-2016 season So a season with Kenny Jacket In the championship So Starting off with Bayliss Your initials are JP Oh Jemima Puddleduck <laughs> This is just the sort of thing I just that for some reason that one just shot straight into my head. I, I got that straight away. Oh, Jack Price. There we go. Yeah, yeah. That is correct. Well done, Daniel. So on to Harry now. Your initials are JG. Strange enough. Jordan Graham. Jordan Graham is correct, Harry. Well done. Pick that one out straight away. And Sam, finally for you, your initials are MZ. Michael Zyro. Michael Zyro is correct. See, you're much better with the historic players rather than the people who play for us now. <laughs> yeah, that says it all about us, doesn't it? So now we're on to the 2013-2014 season, and that was the year that we were on our little tour of League One. Oh, I'll be good at this. Okay. So starting off with the Bayliss, your initials are LM. You're there, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Come to me straight away. I have no idea. No, pass. Liam McAlinden. Well done. Yep, well done, Harry. Great um, obviously show. Obviously scored. Where did he score? MK Dons. 10K to MK. MK Big header. There we go. On to your question now, Harry. Uh, your initials are SR. Sam Ricketts. Straight away, Harry. Straight in there. Very good. And finally, Sam, your initials are SG. Scott Goulburn. Scott Goldborn is correct. Wow, well done, guys. That was good. So, I, I couldn't get that one. 100% record so far for Harry and Sam, just about. <laughs> Next, we move on to the 09 10 season. So that was in the Premier League under Mick McCarthy. Bayliss, your first one here is SM. Getting deja vu, yeah. I can't even think of a person's name. This is the thing. I can't even pick a first name out. You don't know any names to give with this. <laughs> Bayliss, uh, mine does. I give up. I'm, not, I'm just awful at this. No, pass. Don't we have had a guess? I can't think of it either, to be honest. What was the season, Jack? The season was in the Premier League 09-10 under McCarthy. Stefan Meyerhofer. Stefan Meyerhofer, yes. You oh. already spoke about on this podcast. Did he score a goal? Yeah, Blackburn. We, we, we talked about this just on the podcast. <laughs> I think you even said uh, that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on to Harry. Your initials are RZ. Oh, uh, 
Robert Zubar. Ronald Zubar. I definitely, no. said, I definitely <laughs> said Ronald. I think he said... Uh, <laughs> We, ha- we know we have to take your first answer. Ronald there was a glitch Robert in the Zubar. mic as it came through. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is Ronald Zubar, not <laughs> Robert fair, that, Zubar. That's done Bayliss a favour there. Yeah, that's, damn. That gives Bayliss I'm not going to get my fifth one. A little slip. Schoolboy error. The void me there. And finally, for Sam from the 0910 season, your initials are DJ. Oh, I got that one. DJ. Uh, yeah. David Jones. David Jones is correct. Well done. Great goal against Stoke. Mm. So um, Sam can't lose at the moment, so he's he's safe. But we'll go on to the last season here. Bayliss needs to better Harry's score. We have a tough season now. So we have our first season back in the championship in 04-05. Oh, God. Wow. This will be hard. Bayliss, your initials are MB. Is it Michael Branch? It's not Michael Branch, it's Mikel Bischoff. Oh on loan from Man City, wasn't he, I think? <laughs> Weren't Michael Branch, Branch like late 90s, early 2000s? Yes, he was. Yeah, yeah. He's the yeah. only player name I could come up with. Those. So, shock, our base has lost the quiz again this week. Hold on, let me try and get this one. Harry, your initials are KC. And the Sunshine Band. KC. Uh, this is going to be a really hard one, isn't it? I was going to say Keith Curl though but it's definitely not that <laughs> nah that's a pass I can't think of anyone don't you want to think of but I think it's the wrong Carl isn't it it's not Carl Court no it's um, the wrong C isn't no, it no it's not I don't know if we mentioned this guy earlier as well but it's Kevin Cooper oh yeah ah, who is that I never would have got that yeah I remember it Sam finally for you you've already won uh, but just for a bit of fun your initials are RR Brian Ricketts. Oh, yes. Brian Ricketts. That's a clean sweep for Sam. Well, very well done there. Very well done. So, Bayliss loses the quiz. Um, I don't know where that leaves the standings, but um, I think... It don't really matter if we don't do it anyway. Well, yeah, because otherwise if Bayliss loses, he'll have to not do another budget jump next year. So, (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening to the worst (laughs) podcast we've ever done. (laughs) (laughs) Jack, are you saying that uh, a podcast with Stefan Meyerhofer, Rowan Ricketts and... Michael Branch mentioned for absolutely no reason is a bad <laughs> podcast. <laughs> no. <laughs> and and uh, Robert Zubar. Don't forget him. Oh, good old Robert Zubar. Uh, right, okay. Well, uh, that brings an end to episode 52. Absolute classic of a podcast. Your pundits this week were Harry Mansell. Yep, see you, everyone. Thank you. Jack Williams. Goodbye, everybody. And Dan Bayliss. Bye. And we'll see you all on Sunday. Where are we going to be, by the way, gents, just in case anybody wants to know? In Wolverhampton somewhere. North Bank. I'm going to need a pub in Putney somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Good game, good game. Good game. game. The Wolves podcast for the Gold and Black Army. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.